give myself away. Oh, I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Oh, I give myself away so you can use me. is not my own to you I belong oh I give myself I give myself to you my life my life is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to you I give myself Oh, precious Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we, that's the deep desire of our heart, Father, Lord, our life does not belong to ourselves, we give it to you, Father, it belongs to you, may you make use of it the way you want it to be, Father, for your glory, for your honor, Father. We surrender ourselves to you, Lord. We realize, Lord, without you, we are nothing. Father, we realize that our purpose, we can only find our purpose in you, in your purpose, Father. We can only find, Father, Lord, even the plan of our life to be fulfilled only in you, Father. What is life without living for you? We want to live for you, Father. Lord, that we love you, we appreciate you. That's why we are here at this post of duty, Father. Lord, we are responding, Lord. We are coming to you, Lord. We have need of you. We desire more of you, Father, Lord. May you reveal to us your perfect will. May you reveal to us what you want us to go, the way you want us to lead us, Father. We, the way you lead, we want you to lead, Father, and we will follow. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the songs. Thank you for the atmosphere. Thank you for the prayer, Father, Lord. Thank you for the believers. Thank you for one another, Lord, as part of one body, Lord Jesus Christ. We surrender ourselves to you, Lord, and we pray that you stay with us for the remainder of the service. 
Oh God, may you put the speaker aside, the hearer aside, Father. May let the Holy Spirit himself feed upon the word of God, Father. Something that will help us now walk with you, Lord. That's what we desire. We surrender ourselves to you and we pray. You know the needs among us, Father. May you meet every need among us, Father, because you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we don't want to forget our pastor. May you bless him, Father, so keep him safe. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother John and the musicians. God richly bless you. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I salute you and the visitors, the regulars, and... and uh, the believers, God bless you all. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. There's no better place to be than this place when you have the opportunity to come. Amen. Just want to thank the Lord for the word and how he has been leading us and speaking to our heart and the services of Brother Pastor Venon and as he was here and blessed us by his presence and the ministry. It was a blessing to me as I was listening to those uh, the services, and it's been a blessing, and all the local ministers and our pastors, certainly, and uh, recently, Brother John, and uh, I spoke on Wednesday, and, uh, and it was a blessing, and uh, still pondering on that, and our uh, oh God, uh, so still part of the, fellow, the, of, the, of the worship, amen, the three elements that we need to always have there. And Brother Andrew speaking to our heart this morning. It was a blessing. And just uh, just uh, founded the word of God. Amen. That's why we are also building. Amen. Just want to invite you to go to the word of God in Ezekiel 24, 14. Ezekiel 24, 14. I, Ezekiel 24, 14. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not go back, neither will I spare, neither will I repent. According to thy ways and according to thy doings, shall they judge thee, save the Lord God. Just, um, it, it, uh, it might not see it now, but um, just to see where I'm going. I want to put on the title this evening, Does God Repent? And uh, as a thought behind it is the center of God's will. It says, I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not go back, neither will I spare, neither will I repent. According to thy ways, means according to what you are doing, according to thy doings, shall they judge thee, save the Lord God. Then I'll go to Joel 2, 11, 14. Who knoweth? Joel 2, 14. Who knoweth if I will return Brother John, I think, mentioned that. We can start even 13. It says, rend your heart and not, if the brother can be there, say, rend your heart and not your garment and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. 
looks like two opposing scriptures, but may God bless the reading of his word and give us the context. You can have your seat. I'll try not to be long, but I'll try to answer to that question if I can. And in case I don't answer that question, may God answer that question to you. <laughs> Amen. Does God repent? I'd like to use God repentance because can God change? And we already know the answer. For those are message believers, we already know the answer to this. Can God change his mind because the way we understand the word repentance is actually change of mind? It means uh, repenting is, means you have done something wrong and uh, you have realized that you have made that mistake. Then you change direction. So I was going this way and I realized that I've made the, I've made the mistake. Then I go back, so no, I made the wrong decision there or the path I was going was the wrong path. Now let me go back here because this, this, I've, I found something better where I can work on. Or I find God has revealed something to me better. So I repent of my whatever doing. And that's the way we understand the word repentance. And that the way the word definition of repentance has been done or has been made by the dictionary in our modern language of English. So I can try to borrow that language for the moment. So that's what we say. Is repent. So we as a message believer, as we can already understand that God cannot make mistakes. He cannot sin because God is perfect. God cannot make mistakes. Therefore, he cannot sin in the sense of today. And uh, I don't want you to lose the confidence in King James. But no matter which translation you might use, you might see, might not give you the perfect interpretation of the word of God because it's not... You don't get the revelation by comparing scripture with scripture uh, to the letter or even the translation to the Greek or to the different words. A revelation is given by God himself. It's God who gives revelations. That's why we need to pray for more revelation. May God give us more revelation. We want to have the thought of God. We want to get the mind of God. It's not only the letters, but we want to get the mind of what did God want to say in what he's saying here. It's not this God, God says, it's translated this way, it's translated this way, so we have to take this way. But God, what do you want to speak to me? What is, what even, sometimes even goes deeper than even just the, the word, the word is written, but it's your personal life, it's your personal situation. God, the personal situation I'm going through, what do you want me to know and understand? I know what the word says, but to my personal situation, how, is the, can I, how the Holy Spirit will apply the word of God. Amen. We don't go in the, I don't believe we go in the rapture because we have more knowledge. Amen. I believe we go in the rapture because the Holy Spirit is living his life through our heart or through our lives. Amen. That's the life that we need. And only God can give that revelation. Amen. So if we go in that sense, we can understand that definitely God cannot repent because God cannot Cannot, cannot make mistakes. God cannot make the mistakes in the sense that God cannot repent that he makes a mistake. The prophet says, and I want to talk about the center of God's will. The prophet says in God making his promise, never will a church fail, never will a program fail as long as those who are in charge stay in the center of God's will. God's will is perfect. God's will is perfect. It means God's will doesn't have any, any, any defect on it. There's nothing wrong to it because it is perfect. Everything will fall right into place if you'll stay in God's will. But get, out, but get out of God's will here. It throws the whole program out. Just one place you remember Aiken's wage. Now just have to move out in one place if you see you're out. Go back and repent for that and make it right. So it's the man that's asking to repent and make it right. You can never go no further till you make that thing right. You've got to come square and straight with God. Amen. You have to come straight. You have to come square and straight with God. I'll take many of my thoughts from the message that we know. Does God ever change his mind? about his word. 
The prophet used these scriptures in Numbers, <clears throat> Numbers 22, it says, 22, 12, it says, God, the Bible says, God said unto Balaam, that shall not go with them, that shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. It says, Get into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. So it was categoric, so he knew what God wanted. And in verse 20, it says, And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the man come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shall thou do. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon an ass and his two servants were with him. So we can see here it looks like two opposing ideas, right? God says, don't go. And then God comes and tells him to go. And then, verse 31, Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten and asked these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy ways is perverse before me. And as saw me and turned from me three times, unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that I stood in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. And the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, Go with the man. But only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. The prophet says, it's quite a test. It's a true truth that we ought to understand. Can God say anything and then say, I'm sorry, I said it? Can God take his word back after he said it? Now in this statement here, the reason I chose this quote, this statement, was because it's one of the statements of the Bible that I, a reader, that a reader trying to see or try to say that God does change his mind. But God, does he God really change his mind? <laughs> see, God give him his perfect. To Balaam, God give him his perfect, clean-cut answer. Don't go with him. Leave them alone. Don't you curse those people. They are blessed, and that ought to be enough. That ought to be enough. When it's a clear-cut decision, that ought to be clear enough, and you should stop at that. Amen. It says, then it says, don't you go, don't attack the people. They are my people. That was his perfect will. But Balaam didn't like those people to begin with. See, there you are. How many Balaams do we have today? The same thing, same thing, they know better. So Balaam was, he, he, he heard what God heard, but deep inside of his heart, he still had another opinion. I don't like those people. And the prophet will go into more details than that. The problem was not even how sometimes he was saying it, but the problem was in his heart himself. He still had the desire to go. He still wanted to go himself because he wanted promotion. He wanted popularity. He wanted, he wanted money. That, that was his problem. That problem he wanted, he wanted to go. He himself wanted to go. He wants, although he will say, God didn't want me to go, doesn't want me to go, he will tell them, but he will still go back to God and insist, God, really, shall I not go? Shall I not go? But you already have a clear-cut answer to your question. And if, uh, I want to this evening, if I, if, if I can help someone, I don't know who, but he just spoke to my heart again, although we know those things. But why do we go back sometimes to ask the something that we have a clear-cut answer from the Word of God? Why do you go back and say, can I still do this? Can I still put this? Can I still put a little bit of makeup? Can I still cut my hair? Can I still do this? Can I still do this? You have a clear-cut decision from the Word of God. Stay with the Word of God. Stay out of trouble by staying with the Word of God. 
And the prophet is quite, is quite, is, is, is going into detail to the point of, is say, God, we, what you want, God will give to you. If you want it, God will give to you. Oh, God will give that to me? Oh, he will give that to you. <laughs> oh, may God have mercy. Are you with me this evening? I want to make... Then the prophet says, in the Queen of Sheba, Always remember, church, God's words are true. I believe the right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass, if you can look at it in the right way. But remember, here is my standard in life. I've tried to do this. The first thing I want to find out whether it's the will of God or not. The first thing, sometimes you can be in any situation, you want to know, God, I want to find this situation. I want to, what is the right answer for this situation? What is the right answer for this situation? The prophet says, come back to follow these steps. Now the place, I think, will say, you need to stay neutral and you pray about it. If it's not, if not clear to you, look into the world, but still not clear to you, pray, stay neutral about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Then one way or the other, stay, stay there waiting for the answer from God. I'm paraphrasing the prophet there. Then it says, then, if it's the will of God, then if it's the will of God, and my objective is right, then it says, no, sorry, skip one cent, just one cent. It says, the first thing I want to find out whether it's the will of God or not. Then, it, then I know it's God's will. The next thing is my objective to it and my motives in doing it. So you check your objective to it and your motives in doing. And that's what, that what, that what Balaam didn't check. He didn't check his motives, didn't check his objectives. So these motives and objectives were wrong. Continue the prophet, he says, continue the prophet again here. He says, then if it's the will of God and my objective is right and my motive is right, I have faith that it will be done. Because first, it's the will of God, and I have, and my objective is to glorify him, and my motive is to give him all the glory. Once again, the objective is not your own objective, but the objective is to give the glory to God. Why do you want healing? For your glory, Lord. Why do you want this promotion? For your glory. Why do you want this? For your glory. Why do you want marriage? For your glory. Why do you want this? For your glory. Why do you want this? For your glory. Many things will change, Amen. They continue. See, so there is so there is no selfish motives about it. If you have a selfish motive, it won't work. If your objective is to make money for yourself or something, why you will never succeed. Then try to do something outside of the will of God, then it won't work to begin with. There is genuine faith, but you must come into the real channel of God to have that genuine faith, that human faith, that, that then there is faith of God, and you must have a godly faith to believe. Now, to have godly faith, you must have the mind of Christ in you. To have the godly faith, you must have the mind of Christ in you. Then that's how God projects to you visions, revelations, and all these things comes by the mind, by the mind of Christ being in you. You get it? Let the mind that was in Christ be in you. Why? Because we don't want just the, the we don't want our human faith. Human faith will go only to a certain point. What we want is the godly faith or the spiritual faith, the faith of the revelation. That's what will that what will help you go through the trial. That's what will get help you go through difficult situations. Because you know it's God's will. You know it's not your personal motive or objectives, but it's God's word that you want to glorify. Now, talking about the permissive will, listen to what the prophet says. First, I'll read one part of the perseverance. Says, You've got to first find the will of God. You've got to find the will of God this morning. As you are coming to be prayed for, you've got to find the will of God, whether it's God's will to heal you or not. And the next thing you have to do, if you are coming to get salvation, you've got to find out whether it's God's will to save you or not. The first thing you have to find out what God's will is. And then if you really have received the seed in your heart, then you can be persistent. How can you be persistent? God, I want to find your will towards me. 
God's will is for you to be healed. God's will is for you to be saved. God's will is for you to prosper. God's will is for you to walk with him. That's God's will, amen. And that's why we come to church is to find God. What is your will towards me? What is your will towards my family? What is your will to my, to my walk with you? As you dis- discover God's will and you pray for God's will to be made. Our prayer is not about our will. Our prayer is about God's will. Amen. That's why I like the song that we started at the introduction. God, I don't, I don't want my plan. I don't want my dreams. I want your dreams. I want your plans to lead all the way. Because he knows the purpose for each one of us. Amen. And we need constantly to walk in God's purpose. Amen. Then he says, does God ever change his mind about his word and says, if the people won't walk in his perfect will, he does have a permissive will, he will let you walk in. Notice, he permits it's all right, but he will make it work out for his glory in his perfect will. Now, if you don't, just like in the beginning, it was not God's perfect will for children to be born on the earth through sex, no, sir, God created man out of the dust of the earth, breathed the breath of life into him, and he became a living soul. He took from that man a helpmate and made a life to him. That was God's first original will. But when sin came in and did the thing that he did, then he permitted man to marry a wife legally and have children by her, multiply and replenish the earth. Then that's the way you are doing it. But you see, it never was his perfect will. I will dwell in for for some time here on a permissive will here, if you allow me to. And he says, So therefore, God never changes mind about anything, but he will permit you to go on now. This is a long way around to get to what I want to say here about this, but I want you to understand God will permit you to do something and even bless you in doing it, but still, it isn't his perfect will. That the first quote I wrote, I was like, whoa. <laughs> As a believer, it means then we need to be more careful. Because usually we can have the conception, it was not God's will, then he would have not blessed me this, he would have not blessed me this. No, his prophet says, no, be careful. God can give you even a permissive will and in that permissive will, he's blessing you in that permissive will. It says, God permitted Israel to take a law in Exodus, the 13th chapter. When grace had already given them a prophet, a pillar of fire, a sacrifice lamb, a delivering power, but they cried out for a law. It, was not, it wasn't God's will, but it was injected because man wanted it. And he was cursed by the very law that he wanted, that the, that the best to have, it's best to have God's will. That's what he taught us. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thine will be done. We must submit ourselves to his will and his word. Don't question it. Believe it. Don't try to find a way around it. Just take it the way it is. So many wants to go around and get some other way. When you do, you find yourself going on, you find God blessing you. And we said that excuses all the time, but you see, she's a woman preacher. How can she be a human preacher? And God is answering to her prayers, and she's healing from, she's praying for people, and people are being healed. If it was not God's will, God will not take that. God can bless permissive will, even though it's not his perfect will. But how they're having, they have a campaign. They don't have the full restore, restored word. They don't believe the way we believe. We, they don't hack the way we are like us. But it seems like they're prospering. God can bless his permissive will. But you have received the perfect will of God. Stay with the perfect will of God. Even though it doesn't look like the great blessings, but still God is blessing you as a little bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. But sometimes we want to be like Balaam, we want a long career, we want to go our own path, we want this, or we want this, or we want, I'm just meaning God, I want this, or want this, or want. but is it God's perfect will? God gives me your perfect will in everything, that I stay in the channel you want me to, you want, you want me to use me the way you want to use me. 
But you're working in his permissive will, will, and not his perfect divine will. He permits it, as I said, he will not, he will not let it be his perfect will, but he will make it work to honor and bless his perfect will. But maybe, you know, the fact that I do this, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, it's not a reason why you should go in the perfect, in the permissive will. Stay in the perfect will. The prophet will say, we see the tobacco companies and all the different things. They are prospering. They are making money. And they are making advertisement through television. So maybe, you know, through us as a message, you know, you should make the message and prosper through television and things like that. That's not the perfect will of God. Even though they are succeeding, that's not the perfect will of God that the message should go that way. You stay with the word of God. In Matthew 19, 7 8, they say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. It means God suffered them to put their wives away. God, but God did not change his word. God did not change his word. God did not change his perfect will. God did not change the center of his perfect will. But he allowed them to go that way because of the hardness of, your, of their heart. And he allowed them and God winkled at their ignorance. God can winkle at the ignorance. And they have been winkling at the people's ignorance. That we see the liturgy and we see the denomination. You see through the church ages. God has been winkling to the ignorance of the people. But us, by God's grace, we have received the perfect revelation of the word of God with the perfect vindication. God is not winking that there is ignorance anymore. He's looking at you are the bride of Jesus Christ to come back to the full word of God that has been restored. Because in the days of the voice of the seven angels, the mystery of God has been finished as God declared to his servant the prophet. God don't change his mind. He stays right with his word. He said, heavens and earth will pass away, but my word won't pass away. He stays with his original word. In Matthew 5, 17, 19, he said, think not that I come to destroy the law of the prophet. I am not come to destroy, but to fill. For very I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one little shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. I want to illustrate this with the context a little bit here, with the permissive will. We are not supposed to compare ourselves with the nominal Christians. In 1 Samuel 6, 1, 9, just to put an illustration of the permissive will here a little bit. If you read in the, chapter, in the fifth chapter of this, you will see how the ark was taken by the Philistines, and they took the ark of God and they put it in front in the house of Dagon and sat in front of the idol Dagon. But as they put in front of the idol Dagon, and tomorrow when they come back, they will find that Dagon was fallen to the face of the earth before the ark. Just to show that God is defending himself. God was defending himself to show even to that demon, to that, to that, to that, to that demon idol and those idol worshippers that God is still God. Sometimes we don't have to fight for the message. Let the message fight for itself. <laughs> Let your life prove who you are and people will testify of the God that is inside of you. Because there is power behind the word of God all the time. Is that life that has the great testimony to others. Not even what we have to say. We have to fight or defend here or try to defend on website here or website. Let the message of the hour defend himself. The word has been restored in the camp and the word will defend for itself. So in, in the chapter in the sixth chapter here, the Bible says, And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines for seven months, which could be the type of the seven of the seven churches. 
And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us where we shall send it to his place. And they said, If you send away the ark of the Lord of Israel, send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering, then we shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. So as they kept the ark among them, they realized that God was was punishing them. They, They had the ark, but the ark was not a blessing for them. This message that you have received is not necessarily a blessing for everybody. <laughs> not everybody can digest this message. Sometimes you give, sometimes how even you have to share it or you have to, to tell someone, you have to be careful how you have to share it. Because if you share it just the way, you, you know, the hard way, you might even make the person go deeper than being a blessing to that person. So you have to see how the person is reacting to the word of God and you're dropping little by little to see how it is. The prophet himself says, you can't, you can't preach spiritual things to babies, Pentecostal babies. You can't give this spiritual food to Pentecostal babies, otherwise it will kill them. So the word was in the midst of the Philistines, but they couldn't digest it. It was not a blessing for them. It was only a blessing for God's people. The word of God that we have received, I don't want to be segregationist here, but the word of God that we have received, it is the spiritual food in due season for the eagles. Amen. That's what is giving you vitamins, but it doesn't necessarily give vitamins to others, although they can benefit from here and there, but the full benefit of it, the rapturing faith, is for the bride, it's for the elect. So they heard that and they said, no, we have, because it gave them emeralds, gave them diseases, we have to send it away. As they are sending it away, they discovered how to send it away, then they discussed among themselves. And then verse 5, wherefore we shall make images unto you, uh, of your emeralds and images of your mice, so that, that mar the land, and we shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Peradventure he will lighten his hand from among you and from off your gods and from off your land. Wherefore then go ye harden your heart. Wherefore then do ye harden your heart as the Egyptians and the Pharaohs hardened their heart. When he had wrought wonderfully among them, did they not let the people go and they departed. So I was reading this, how sometimes people that are giving glory to the God Almighty, but they don't believe in him. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's why it's just God's grace that God can reveal the word to you and you see the light for your age. It's God's grace for your age, for, your, for you. And therefore, make a new court, a new court, and take two milk kind and we, on which they had come, New York, and tie the can to the ark and bring the calves home from them. And take the ark of the Lord and lay it upon the court and put the jewels of gold and then just to save time. As they did the whole lot, they took a new cart and they put it away. They sent it to Israel and it went back to Israel. God didn't punish them because of what they have done. Because they sent back in a new cart. But the same thing as David tried to repeat the same thing to bring back the ark in Second in Samuel 6. He put brought back the ark and he put it on the new cart and he put it. He asked for for all the servants. He put on the new cart and Uzzah was Uzzah was driving that new cart as as the ark was slipping away. Uzzah touched it and God punished him. If you look at it, you say, "But why there is two things, two two situations that seem so similar? In one it seems like he acted one way, in the other way it seems like God acted the other way. Why that different? Did God repent? Did God change his mind? Did God God doesn't change his mind? God's mind is stayed the same way the ark has to be brought upon the Levite, on the shoulders of the Levite. That was the perfect will of God. But at a certain stage, God winked his ignorance upon them because they didn't know better. But for Israel, they should know better because the word of God has already been revealed to them. That what God is giving to us, don't, don't compare to their denomination, but they are doing this, they are doing this, and that seems like God is not doing anything towards them. They are, I would say, by lack of better words, it's a different, maybe it's a different covenant. God has a different covenant, he has a different relationship with 
with his bride than the concubines. God has a different relationship with the bride, and he wants you to follow and to be in the center of God's will. The bride is interested to be in the center of God's will. God, I want your perfect will in my life. Let me put it a little bit stronger. God, I don't want two minutes extra of my life if it's outside of your perfect will. I want your perfect will in my life. I don't want anything outside of your perfect I just want your perfect will in my life because that's where I will be blessed. The prophet says, God does not, he won't change his plan. He won't change his word for you. No, sir. You've got to change. You can't have God's words to match your experience. Sometimes we go the other way around. You see, I've done experience. I've done this. You know, this. I've brought these people. I've done this. I've done that. And God was blessing me and I've blessed. If it's against the word of God, don't make that an example. <laughs> Let the word of God be the example and align everybody to the word of God. That is the absolute. The experience of each one of us is not the absolute. It's God's words that is the absolute. It says, God's word to match your experience. You've got to have your experience to match God's word. That's the way you've got. You say, well, I'm a good man. God does this and that or the other. But do you keep his word? Oh, well, I tell you that isn't just, no, all right, there is something wrong somewhere. That's the prophet speaking. God is going, yes, he will prosper you. Yes, he will make you. Another place he will say it even, oh, I'm a big minister. So he will make your ministry become even greater and bigger. He will bless you in a permissive will. Stay with the word of God. But he has a permissive will. No. There where the trouble is, we try to work on God's permissive will and, we will, and he will permit it. But also if we take his permissive will, though it's not right, he will make his permissive will to work out together to glorify his perfect will. There is nothing will go wrong with God. He knows just where the clock is ticking at tonight. There is something wrong. Every leak is hitting just exactly the way it should be. Everything, we think it's wrong, but he knows it's right. It's supposed to be like this. He's giving that a, 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 a place there, and, and we should take it as God has given us that, by God's grace. As, a, as an elect, as a child of God, you will make mistakes, and we go to perfect will, and we will pay for it, and we pay for it. But God is not surprised by the way we went the other way around. God's centers of his will will still be fulfilled. The perfect expected end of God will still be fulfilled. But he will, he, you will pay for what you go the other way around. You will go another wrong way, but you will come back to where God wants you to be. That's what I'm going to say. So if today, this evening, you realize that you are in a permissive will. This evening, if you realize that you are in a permissive will. God is not saying, no, that's that finished for you. You know, you are done. You can't come back anymore and anything. God, what he's saying here, says, if you find yourself in a permissive will, come back to God. Because God is still waiting for you to come back at the same place. Because he wants to lead you in his perfect will. I'm sure that Moses realized that killing the Egyptian at that time was not, the right, was not at the right time. But once he made the pillar of fire, God turned that permissive will to be for his glory. Although Moses paid for it. That's my comment there. This reminds me of the experience of Brother Branham in South Africa. Listen to how strange the commandment to the prophet looks like when he was in a missionary trip sponsored by other denominations, other groups. He says, the prophet speaking, says, listen closely now. I'm going to close in, a, in a, just a moment. That's the prophet, that's not me. In that night, I remember when I went into prayer, the angel of the Lord came near me and he said, don't go down there. He said, 
don't you go. He said, you stay right here in Johannesburg for two more weeks. Then go over to your place for a rest to go hunting, which the man had already mixed up, fixed up, and then he said, you go to Durban and stay a month. Can you imagine you're a missionary trip? <laughs> Brother Andre, that experience. You're on a missionary trip, and you say, you come up in the morning, he says, you know what? I prayed, and God told me I have to rest <laughs> and go hunting. <laughs> when you have already organized the, the trip, that they have already organized, already paid, they already organized everything, and you say, no, I have to pay, I have to stay at a place, I have to go, hunt, I have to go hunting. I'm sure certainly they thought, this is just Brother Branham, because he likes hunting, so he just wants to take an excuse on the angel. <laughs> no, so no, but even Brother Bosworth, as revered as he was, he said, no, you know, it's God's will to go of Sony Cape Town. No, this, I don't think that really. God says, don't go. And after that, God seemed to change his mind, says, oh, you can go but you'll pay for it. And we know that the prophet paid for it. I believe the purpose was not to make the prophet suffer, but the, pur the purpose was to teach the prophet that he should not be bound to anything else. You should be independent and let God lead you the way he wants to lead you. And that should be also be an example for each one of us. Don't be bound to anything else. Oh, I'm bound to this because that person did to me. I have to do this because of this. I'm bound to this. No, God, lead me the way you want to lead me. God, lead me the way you want to direct my life, God. And to direct my ministry, whatever God calls you to. On the same permissive will, the prophet says. Some of them say, God said, do this, do that, do that. Don't question that, but it's out of the line of God's word. The prophet, no matter if he's a prophet, is out of the line. So many people get deceived like that. Oh, this brother can do this, or this brother can do that, and deny the word. Though I speak with tongues of man, of angels, though that I have gifts that I can move mountains, though I give all my goods to feed my poor, I'm not yet nothing. Many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? Have I not in your name cast your devil, de out devils and done mighty things? And I will say unto them, depart from me, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never even knew you, yet they come with a confession that they did it, but Jesus said, the workers of iniquity. What is iniquity? Something that you know you should do, that's right to do, and yet you don't do it. That's what is going to be in the last days. Here, the whole line that was my purpose tonight, I say that to be, that was my purpose tonight. Then it says, Moses had to pay for it. It took God, God had to choose him, even though, even though he, 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 smoked, he smoked the rock twice, but God blessed him by taking his permissive will because the water came down, but he had to pay for it. God never changed his mind on his word, but he will give you the desire of his heart or the desire of your heart. Does God ever change his mind about his word? God will give you the desire of your heart. He promised that, you know, he promised to give you the desire of your heart and let your desire be the word of God. Let your desire be his will, never your own will, his will. If he asks him for something, he doesn't give it to you. Say, thank you, Lord. You know what's good for me. So as a Christian, his nays or his knows is as good as they say, yes, amen. If it is no, he wants a no, let his know that what you want, you want God. No, if it is God's perfect will, God teach me to be patient. Are you with me this evening? Look at even King Ezekiah. When he sent that prophet up there to him, God did and say, put your house in order. 
you're going to die. Ezekiel turned his face to the wall and wept bitterly and said, Lord God, I ask you to consider me. I've walked before you with a perfect heart. I want you to let me live 15 years longer. All right. God spoke to the prophet and said, go back and tell him I heard him. What did he do? He brought disgrace upon the whole nation. He kindled, he kindled the anger of God till he would have killed him. That's right. You know, backslid on God. It would have been far better on, on for the nation, king and all, if he had went on and took God's first thing to him. But he looked hard on the prophet. And when the prophet had to go back and speak the word of God to him, after he had done told him, God said, go ahead. And you see, it brought a disgrace. So it's always good to say, God, I want your perfect will. For me, this is very serious because if you try to advise some people about the word of God, you hear many sometimes, or so yourself, or not only people, sometimes yourself or ourselves, you're something, God told me to do this. Have you ever encountered that? <laughs> I've encountered that a couple of times. Oh, God told me to do this. Okay? <laughs> I have nothing to say. God told you. It completely stops you from moving forward because you think you can't contradict God's command to the person. But the pattern that the prophet or the Bible tells us is the same. As Paul said in the word of God, but therefore though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. If we say before, I say now again, prophet Paul says, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that you have received, let him be accursed. When the prophet will receive a vision or anything, the prophet will go back always to the word of God and compare that vision with the word of God. If it doesn't, doesn't match, I believe he always received what comes from God and always matching with the word of God. But if it would have happened that it was not matching the word of God, he would have put it aside because he wants to stay with the word of God. That should be the example for each one of us. God, I had this, I thought about this, I had this. But God, is it matching the word of God? I want to be in the center of your perfect will because that's where you want the bride to be. Let me read few quotes as I'm coming to the end here, but then we'll not quote, but just comment here and then. I think God made me to dwell a little more on the permissive will. Maybe that was. God can never change his perfect will in the life of an elect. God can never change his perfect will in the life of an elect. Because your election is sure. And God can never change his will about your life for an elect. Even your mistakes cannot change the original word of God towards you. We see God never changes his mind. The prophet says God never changes his mind about his word. We see God forever changes his mind about his original word. No, God can never change his mind about the original word. And if you, you are the expressed word of God, God can never change his mind about the expressed word of God. Even Saul consented to the killing of Stephen. He did not change the original word of God, the original thought of God regarding Saul. Because he was an elect, God can never change his mind regarding an elect. David made a lot of mistakes, but God did not change his original word or his original thought regarding David. God will never change your thought about you. God will never have another thought about you. God will never have another will about you. God's will for you is to be saved, and he knows that you will be saved. You should stand on that. God will not going to change his mind about you. His mind stays the same all the time. 
In our life, we go different paths and we pay for what we go through. But as a Christian, we always have to remember that God will never lose you. If God has saved you, God will never lose you. You have to tell the devil every time that he comes to you, I made mistakes, but now I'm coming back to God. I want to go forward with God because God can never lose me. God can never lose a Christian. As a Christian, can never die as God can never die. Otherwise, it will break God's word. God can never repent upon his own word. Amen. Well, the prophet says in adoption, what this master Paul teacher, the first thing he has to do is to knock out the whole idea of falling away, knock out all the idea of ever being a Christian today, and tomorrow I'm gone, and the next day God condemned me here, and the next day I'm back again. That's nonsense. As a Christian, as a message believer, as an elect, you make mistakes, but you stand up and you walk again with God. God, I want to do your perfect will. I want to walk with you. I want to please you. I want to honor you. Amen. I might fall down again, but I will go back again. The prophet says, don't be scared of anything. If he's trying to tell you where you are, God is trying to tell you where you are and who you are. You need to know the will of God for you. He knows who you are. Amen. I like what Jeremiah says. God knows he has an expecting hand for you. And the expecting hand for you is the rapture. You are part of the resurrection. You are part of the rapture. You are part of the message of the hour. This message is you and you are the message. You are the word of God. And you'll stand upon the word of God. Can God change his word? Never. Because I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. And I will walk with God. Amen. God will keep his word. As we hear that, I want that to make you personal to you. Because if you, as you believe the word of God, you become the word of God. God will keep you. Amen. If God has to keep the word, he will keep you. Amen. He will keep the word of God in your heart. Amen. Praise be to God. And the prophet in the same message, and that's why we always have to understand, the message is, is a double. It's helping those who are still doubting, doubting. You know, don't stay doubting there, you know. Don't, come, come, stand up. And the message as well, we have always to be, there are people who, 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 who one foot in, one foot out. They play in church, they come to church, and they go back here, they go, and, and, then, and then we have got the messages to be strict, you know, you will be lost if you continue this way, and if you continue this way, God will punish you and everything. And there are the other people here, they try their best, they love the Lord, but they're still making mistakes, and sometimes, and the devil is pondering them, so they're afraid to stand as a Christian because of what the devil is telling them. And the God, in the same message, the prophet will be preaching and say, you are not, you are not lost, you are sons of God, amen. Balaam, as he saw that, he saw that mistake, he tried to curse Israel because he saw their mistakes, but God was looking beyond their social life, God was looking to the election for them. That's what God is looking at. He's looking at the election for your life. I have chosen them. They are my sons. They are my children. Although they make mistakes, but God will raise them up. And we know as the children of God, God's purpose in your life can never be defeated. If we were put here for a purpose, there is nothing that can destroy us until God's purpose is fulfilled. Nothing can harm us until that purpose and God has put us here for has been made manifest. No matter how much trouble we have, how much heartaches of sorrows, I'm reading the prophet here, I know my Redeemer of living. No matter how much trouble we have, how much heartaches or sorrows that we go through, all of these reasons, there are reasons for it. We take, for instance, no one, it's called all, no matter what we go through, but God's purpose can never be defeated. There is no sickness, no sorrow, no death, no perish, no nothing can separate us from the purpose of the living God. What God has imagined in his mind, what God has purposed in his heart to bring to pass, there is no demon, there is no power, there is nothing can ever separate great, immortal, eternal plan. It must be as God has said that it must be. 
So you'll see in the Word of God, and I didn't go through that, but you'll see in the Word of God as the Christians, you'll see God will talk, the Bible, the translation King James, they say God repented of making, of created man. God repented of making Saul a king. God, it's not that God is sorry that he made the mistakes. God is grieved in his heart for what sorrow was doing. He's grieved for what the people did in the time of Genesis and what they have done. It, because it grieved God. It didn't repent. It grieved God. And it was not in the perfect will of God for Saul to be where it was so, where he was, because God refused him to them for them to choose a king. But God chose David. As God chose David, God stood by David. By election, God chose the one according to his heart. So you have to understand, as they translated there, God doesn't repent regarding his own perfect will, his perfect will. The original will of God stays the same. If God has chosen you, God will not lose you. Amen. Amen. That's why don't sign for anything that the devil brings to you. I'm be closing. Give me five minutes. Uh, Brother Andrew prophesied and I mentioned. <laughs> so I'll try not to be long. I started I've been preaching in 45, so I'm still ever. 15 minutes before I reach one hour, so give me five minutes to fulfill that prophecy. So, don't sign for anything else that the devil tries to put to you. You are not part of the devil. You are part of God. No matter how long a promise takes long, how long it takes, stay with God's word. Stay with God's word. And God, sometimes God can say something to check just your reaction. Sometimes God can make something can happen in your life, but I was not expecting this. Something happens. God is just checking your reaction. The God's will has not changed to, towards, the will towards you has not changed, but he's checking just your reaction. The way you are going to react to it, if he's just waiting for you, if you come back confessing, praising the Lord, saying, God, I believe your word, God's love will continue to be manifested to you. And if you have fallen like Samson, just remind God about the center of his will. Samson made a mistake, but the center of God's will did not change. As he saw that covenant with Samson, and Samson reminding God just once more, I can still feel the seven locks on my head just once more. And God restored him from the place that he was in. Because God can never change his mind regarding his word. I read this code, musicians can come. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, save the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expecting hand. In the exposition of seven churches, the prophet says, down through the centuries we could go, we find a Moses, a Jeremiah, a John the Baptist, and each one of these were God's eternal thought expressed in its season. Then we come to Jesus, the Logos. He was the perfect and complete Thought expressed and he became known as the word that is what he is and forever will be. Now it says that he has chosen us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world. That means that we were right there with him in the mind and the thought of God before the foundation of the world. That gives an eternal quality to the elect. You can't get away from that. And down it says, the elect were not only the eternal thought of God, which were to be expressed in the flesh in the due season, but these elect also called by another name that he says in Romans 4, 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all what is he saying here? You as an elect, you are the eternal thought of God that has been expressed. Those eternal thoughts of God, they can never, 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 never be changed. Can never have another thought. It's an eternal thought of God. Oh, who am I but the grace of God in my life? God bless you.
Brother John, I want what you want for me, dear Lord. I want what you want for me, dear Lord, whatever, wherever, let's stand together. it may be, cause I know that you know what's best for me. I want what you want for me. I want what you want for me. Once again. And I want. Whoa!